So we are behind the showroom, literally in the green room with Michael Calvin Jr. Hey. Talking about comedy and laughs unlimited and financial responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. The responsibilities that come with uh, being committed to being a comedian. Oh, and there are many. There, there are many. It is not for the fate of heart. No, it's not. You definitely have to have a heart to do this. <laughs> <laughs> heart for comedy. Yes, you do. Yeah. Um, uh, Let's start with your history of laughs because I love the history of laughs with Michael Calvin. Oh, because I've been here since the beginning. Yes, yes, I have. So how? When did you start comedy? Uh, The the very first time I did stand up comedy was in two thousand and five. I got the bug to do two thousand, or I I got the bug to do stand up, and uh, my. Uh, uh, Andre Bailey, a, a friend I've known since I was like 14, 15 years old, he was already ready doing stand up. And uh, I, I had hit, and I had, and I met Steph Sanders. I met Steph Sanders on just some black dad shit. Like, uh, our daughters were in the same uh, dance class. Oh. So, like, every weekend, he would be the guy that I would talk to, just black dad. Hey, what's up? So, so, and, just on a random conversation, I don't even remember how I ended up telling him that I was like, yeah, man, I'm thinking about doing stand-up. And he was like, for real? He he was like, man, I've been doing stand-up for this long. I've, I've toured with Monique. And and I was like, he was like, yeah. Like, he, 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 he said, man, I had no idea that that was something you were interested in. And I was like, oh, well. And so he told me to get uh, the comedy Bible. I bought the comedy Bible. I re- which uh, is a very good book. I always recommend people to get it because it's it's what worked for me. Mm-hmm. Which you know how uh, the interesting thing about books is that they prepare you for things that you don't know you're gonna need when you need it. Right. So uh, prior to my first time ever do getting on stage, I was versed in how to like write a bit mm-hmm. and how to like premise set up punch how you know as you break this joke down trim the fat and here wait for the laughs blah blah so uh, i love when a comic comes into it new and prepared not just the my my coworkers think i'm funny so i'm gonna jump on stage right <laughs> so you actually did the homework before you came into the game yes i did okay. but now here's the cold part about life as a kid <laughs> I would record Def Comedy Jam as a kid growing up. I was, because this was in like the early 90s. So like I'm like 11, 12, 13, 14. And um, I would literally stay up late at night and I would record it because it would come on like Friday night. So like all weekend, I would stay up and I would watch all of the guy stand-ups. And then Monday at school, I would imitate these guys, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And... The funny thing is that growing up as a kid, me and my dad, my dad is an Eddie Murphy fan. So one of the things we did growing up was we watched Eddie Murphy movies. So I've seen every Eddie Murphy, early 80s Eddie Murphy movie with my dad. Yeah. Get to me as an adult, the Steph thing. So uh, I find out about the first Mike, Louis. I get down there. uh, I get off of work. I'm working at the hotel literally across the freeway. Right there, uh, it was a quality, and now it's something else. But it's off of Mather. You make a right, boom. So make a left. I go to the uh, to the thing. So I get there, and uh, I'm thinking to myself. I have my notepad, the little stuff that, that that I wrote down. I get there. I'm looking around, and so I'm just looking at all the people there. So uh, this guy walks up to me, skinny guy, uh, very skinny guy. Walks up to me and he's like, "Hey, uh, he's he's like, hey, are you here to do do a comedy?" And I, I was like, "Yeah, but this is my 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 first time, so I don't necessarily know how how it goes." I was like, "But I'm not sure that I'll get up." And the dude's like, "Oh, all right." He's like, "What's your 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 a name?" I'm 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 Patrick, and he sticks his hand out, and I'm like, "Hey, I'm 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 Michael Calvin," you know. 
and I'm sticking my hand out to shake his, and he's like, I'm signing you on, on the, the list, and he turns around, doesn't even shake my hand. Yeah. I have my hand down, and he spins off, and is like, I'm signing you up. So... Is it Patrick I know now? Yes, the Patrick J. Patrick, Patrick J. J. Okay, this is Patrick sure. J. I was True just story. Sure. Okay. Yes, this is a Patrick. Shout out to Patrick J. Patrick J. is a part of my a part of my arc, <laughs> 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 which is like some people you have a certain loyalty to because you're like, hey, look, man, he'll <laughs> 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 always get a positive word from me. <laughs> Why would it be me if I never met him? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right like right. a crazy thing yep. so he he does that i'm fucking hot i'm i'm straight from like some street hustling type of stuff so i'm i'm like oh these little nerd comedian dudes are, are trying to play me in here so i'm like oh my god i'm i'm, I'm gonna beat him up but he walks oh my off god, i remember that i remember yeah. that hot tempered michael Calvin. yeah you see that <laughs> i was still I, drinking i forgot <laughs> you have mellowed out a lot <laughs> See okay. what I'm saying? Okay. I'm a changed man. People don't understand this. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, all right, I'll let it. So I'm like, okay, he's the only one that knows who Michael Calvin is. And if there's a list, however this thing goes, I don't have to get up. If they're just calling people out, I'll just sit here and be like, you know, whoever Michael Calvin is, I guess he's not here. <laughs> Y'all should go to the next one. <laughs> so I'm sitting around. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, this is what I've decided in my mind that, right. like, nah, y'all ain't you're gonna. Like, Who? Yeah, you're, you're not gonna bully me into doing in, into. You're not gonna bully me into making y'all laugh. You're gonna bully me into doing something I want to do. Yeah, right. Like this is <laughs> literally how fucked up my mentality is at the time. <laughs> mentality is just so, which is <laughs> another reason why I understand sometimes when people are telling you what you want to do and you're like, but I don't want to do it. And you're like, ah, ah, <laughs> it makes so much sense. Right. So, uh, Shane Murphy gets on stage. Shane, mm-hmm. Shane Murphy's hosting. Other comics are getting up. I believe Ellis might have been there. BT Kingsley was there. Cool black, couple of other guys are up there. They're killing it. So Shane Murphy walks up to me and he's like, uh, he's like, you're Michael Calvin? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and there but goes I your do, plan. But I don't know what he's coming up to. He's like, Are are you Michael Calvin? And I was like, Yeah. He's like, All right, well, well, you're you're there's one more and then it's you. He was like, So he was like, Is there anything that you want want me to say? I was like, nah. And so uh I'm sitting there and I'm looking at my book and I'm like, got my nose. I'm like, fuck. I'm like, okay, well, this is where it's going to go. So Shane Murphy gets up there. Another comic does his thing. He comes, tells me, all right, you're, you're, you're up next. And he's like, uh, he's like, so, uh, so he's like, all right, you're, you're next. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, fuck. So he gets up and he's like, all right, ladies and gentlemen, this next comic coming to the, the, the stage. Oh my God, you guys are so lucky. You guys are in for a, a, a treat. This man came all the way from Dallas, Texas and stopped doing cocaine. Welcome to the stage, Michael Irvin, everybody. <laughs> And then he That's says, so very Shane Murphy. Yeah, very Shane Murphy. He, he's like Michael Irvin. I'm, I mean, Michael Calvin. And so I'm coming up to the stage and on the inside, the funny thing is I was nervous. I was nervous as I heard my name, but the closer I got to the stage, the less like I, the nerves were going away. Yeah. Like I, I, there was nothing about that part of it. The more I got to the stage, was I afraid? And then I get up there. He says that the funny, all of my material at the time where life was, was about Michael Vick and like the whole dog fighting thing. It mm-hmm. just happened. So mm-hmm. all of my material was about Michael Vick and dog fighting. He made the football Michael Irvin reference. Bam. I immediately get into, uh, what did I say about Shane? I said, yeah, man, give it up for your host. The, the dancing, uh, the dancing commercial from Six great America, Flags Six there, Flags. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. They laugh at that. Boom. I start talking about the Michael Vick thing. I'm like, I, 
I feel sorry for Michael Vick. He has a hundred million dollars and his homies can't even take a weed charge. I was like, if I have a friend that's worth a hundred million dollars, I don't care if they have pictures, lock me up. Like, <laughs> you guys are wasting your time asking me these questions. Please put me in jail. Right. Like you guys, because as far as I'm concerned, my ambition is going to lead me to be the richest guy in jail. I'll be happy. Money on my books every day. Yeah, I'm fine. Like he has a hundred million dollar contract with Nike and uh, at the Fal- the Falcons that time. So I get into that. Boom, set goes good. I see the light, get off, boom. Shane comes up to me. He's like, hey, man, how how long have you you you've been doing comedy? I was like, this is my first time ever getting on stage. And he was like, you have a great stage presence and you should stick with it. And I was like, cool. And I don't even think I saw Patrick J for the rest of the, that night. But I, I remember thinking to myself, like, that was pretty cool. Yeah. And that's how I started. And then you had the bug. Yep. And that's how I, that's how it all began. 14 years later, mm-hmm. <laughs> here you are. Yeah. So how long until you came here? Because um, you came here on that show with... Um, rest what? in peace, Tavina. Tavina. Shout out to uh, TV in- Entertainment, and a.k.a. Tavina Crocker and her brother... Uh, um, what, what, Sizzle, sizzle. Sizzle. Yeah, yes. I almost said Swizz, but no, sizzle. I almost said Cedric, so. Yeah, no, nope. sizzle. Yeah, sizzle. Yep, and uh, so um, Sizzle and TV wanted to do a show here. Mm-hmm. Um, we had previously did a show at another club, and uh, I did, they liked how I, they liked the way I hosted that show, so we were, we were coming here to do the, the show. Uh, we had a mixer before we had the, the show where I was introduced to you. They told me that I'd be the host. You were here so ridiculously early. Yes. Like the show was at five and you were here or no, the show was at eight and you were here at like five o'clock. Yes, I was. And I was like, what is this dude doing here? Because yes, <laughs> comics don't get here that early, uh-huh. if early at all. So, yes. And then he asked all the questions. I was like, what? Because you were hosting. Yes, I was. So I asked, like, is there you, anything you want me to say? Specials, uh, <laughs> anything on the internet, I need to give it a shout out. From like, a comic that I'd never met that was new. And I was like, he already knows to ask the right questions? <laughs> so I'm with this kid. You know what's funny is and that. I did call you a kid. Yes, for you a did. long time. <laughs> for a long time. Until you were finally like, we're the same age. <laughs> I was like, I just look like this. That's crazy because yeah, I I remember that I was so excited to come down here to do it, and I was and at that time I didn't have a job, and this was better than what I was doing at the time. So I was like, dude, yeah, I'll be there early. And then just from what I got, just from what I've gathered in life, you know, it's better to arrive early than late. And if anything else, I should be prepared for what I don't know, and the sooner I can figure that out in my mind it works to my advantage so i wanted to get here and make sure that whatever you needed me to know i wasn't finding out at like seven o'clock any new comics listening these are good tips (laughs) arrive Um, early on arrive early ask questions right (laughs) appropriate questions (laughs) not random questions yep so yeah that that was probably uh i'd say maybe two maybe two years into well no because i would say that when that happened i i was committed to comedy at that point because my my daughter might have already been born at that Mm -hmm. point so i I was already doing comedy because my my daughter was born august 2010 and i know that in 2010 when her mom told me she was pregnant i was like well now it's now or never to do the comedy thing and then the mics that I hit that led up to that. Uh, I started in 2004 or 2005, excuse me, but I committed to comedy in 2010. Mm-hmm. So I met you around 2010-ish, which was around the time that I was strictly going to do stand-up. Which was right after I had taken over because I took over August of 2009. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, yep, to around 2010, 2011 is when we came here to do the show. Um, the show was good. Uh, you liked what my my thing my set, 
Um, all except for one joke. All except for one joke. <laughs> yeah. Funny thing Which, is, for the record, he doesn't do anymore. Actually, I do the joke. It's just so re reworked. Well, it's around the same premise. Mm-hmm. Just so many controversial parts of the joke have been. There removed. is no hitting helmets off of mm-hmm. anyone's head Not anymore. anymore. <laughs> no, but the disrespected <laughs> handicap is still yes, yes, yes it's still it has, there, it, and it's a good joke. It's now. involved. It's a much better joke. Yes, it is. <laughs> Rest it's in peace, Khabibi. Con- Khabibi is yes. how the joke evolved after after watching me continuously love to tell <laughs> this joke that you didn't like. I tell people that too. I go, every, every comic has one joke. They have this one joke that they don't want to give up on. Nah. That is, it just needs to be different. Yeah. And, and you, but once it gets there, mm-hmm. it's a masterpiece. Yeah. Because like right now, it it is one of my it is what I like to refer to as it's part of the paid set. If you're if you're paying me to do do a gig, this joke will be told because it can be told in an adult manner and it can be told in a PG manner because the premise of it doesn't involve violence. Right. But it is based around the same uh, acknowledgement. Of it not being acknowledged. (laughs) (laughs) It is definitely a much better polished, well performed, well received. Yes. Oh, yeah. Joke. The funny thing is with 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 Jen, right? And and it and here's the thing, because I know too, the joke used to either really work or it would bomb, and everything after that was 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 fighting to get out of a hole. Yeah. sometimes they would give me the credibility i earned and they would be like well you know we'll 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 let that one slide." right right he's built up some built up joke he's got likability we'll let him say some sideways shit real quick joke equity (laughs) (laughs) yeah so then you started hosting yes started hosting and we became friends yes we did and then we had some conversations, and you asked me something that nobody had up to that point asked me. Yep. And I thought it was really weird. Yep. But he said um, he wanted to produce a show. You wanted to produce a show? Yes, I did. And what would I want to see? Yes, I did. And I went, what? Well, yes. my answer was different comics. Yeah. It, I, it was all, didn't. yeah. Because one of the conversations we had, because I tell the story to every comic I've ever booked on the show, was we were having a conversation about how other ways you were trying to get people on the to work at labs it wasn't as successful as you would have thought it would have been right right uh, right uh, competitions competition. referrals and stuff mm-hmm. like that For either comics just uh didn't have the time had different things did diff- 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 different issues right and i pitched her on the idea of what if i had a show that wasn't a competition it was an audition for comedians that don't work at your club, which was based off a conversation where you were saying most of the shows, it's the same people just shuffled around. Mm-hmm. You were like, I see the same flyers. I print the same flyers every month. And they're good. The comics yeah. are good. Yes, they but are. But they're established and they already work here. Yep. And at the time when I took over, I, I described it as there was a very narrow booking. Right. We didn't have a lot of different comics. There were a lot of the same comics that came many times a year. Right. And I wanted to expand that. Right. But where do you find comics as a new booker, you know, basically new to the business? Right. And there was a lot of comics like in the Bay Area and Fresno that could come up and do a showcase. Right. But I don't have those connections. Right. And you're out there performing comedy and seeing comics. and So you had the opportunity to say, hey. We could make this work. And I remember you were like, you were, you were very like, all right. And then you called me the next morning and you were like, hey, I, I've been thinking about your idea all night. And so here's what I want to do. You were like, I'm going to give you two more show dates on this date and this date. And then you were like, and here is exactly what I'm looking for from the comedians, from a, a, a minimum amount of people at the club, how much the how much this is, how much the tickets would be, blah, blah, blah. So we talked for about a good two hours. I got off. I remember I was like, all right, all right. I was writing down everything that you were saying. Boom, boom, boom. We hang up and I'm sitting there and I'm like, holy shit. 
okay like all right so clearly this she feels i can do this i've never done this but (laughs) now i feel i have the information that i could make this work and i'm like i immediately called mikey winfield another another part of the arc that always will be spoken highly of in my book um i called mikey and i told my mikey i was like dude um i i just got a i i just pitched a show idea to jen and she was like i can have a show at last and he was like oh for real congratulations man da, da, da. and i was like but i don't know like what do i need to make a show work mm-hmm. and he was like oh and then he we had i talked to mikey for about a good hour plus and he was just giving me all these ideas as far as like make sure that you know your name is on it make sure that you understand that everybody you book is going to be a reflection of of you everything that goes on at the club is going to be a reflection of 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 you the ticket prices the the the, flyer he 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 was like and the thing that is um the most consistent thing is going to be you The, the comedians are going to come and go he's like so it doesn't matter who you have on the flyer you're the constant He's like, whether you host it, close it, whatever you you do. He said, close it. In my mind, I was like, bro, I am nowhere near that. <laughs> I don't have the minutes to close the show. Right. So he's like, nah, you time. just got it. You will at that time. Right. Hell, no. just I, my mind wasn't even grasping on go last because no. you were still hosting. Yes, I was. Mm-hmm. And so, um, pitched him, and so Mikey gave me all the stuff that I needed. I worked on an idea, came up with say a loud comedy name. Uh, my first show, I had about six comics. Two of them were already working here at the club. Two didn't show up. Two did. Well, the ones that I already worked here did. Two of the ones, actually, no, I had like seven comics because two of them didn't show up. Three of them did. And yeah, that, that first show. Beginning. Yeah, that first show, nobody got booked. The second show, nobody got booked. The third show, I. Three comics hit it off. Yeah. Chris Riggins, Eric Murphy, and Des Henderson. Oh. They were the first three. Another another three people that always be part of my arc have nothing but positive <laughs> things to say about them. Like never get never can be a bad guy in my book. <laughs> yep. But yep, those were the three. And now monthly show for six years. I, I was gonna say six years. Going on going on seven. When is that? Yes, so I always think highly of those guys. Yeah, Chris Riggins, Des Henderson, Eric Murphy. Yep. First three Say It Loud alumni. And now there's too many to count. I know we counted at one point, and there's like thirty. But now it's funny because at that time it was it was it's it's always a timing thing. At the time, I needed comics. Yes, you did. And now. There are so many comics. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> but still always looking for, you know, new n- new opportunities and yeah. new new people and it's a weird business where people fade in and fade out. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz I can even say that when I first started miking, the people who were like the go-to guys if the room wasn't going well or the the guys that they didn't have to sign up on the list like <laughs> well you're one of those guys now and you want to know you what it, yeah it it's <laughs> i i am here's the thing i'm humbled by the fact that that is where i'm at now but another thing that most people don't know is that in most cases, the people that run rooms, I have a personal relationship with, and I normally will hit them up earlier in the day, like, "Hey, can I do your mic?" And they're, and usually they're like, "All right, cool." So yeah. I don't have to sign up <laughs> because I've already spoken to that person. Now, here, now here's the thing about how it looks when I get there. <laughs> but here's something that. I also didn't know being a person that I signed the list to this person. I don't know what their relationship is that mm-hmm. lets him just because I too have been on the list and watched people bump me and skip me and oh forgot I was even here and <laughs> you know now this person like just it's it's so funny listening to comedy like we uh, we were talking about about this at the Christmas party like the 
and it it sucks to be that guy now, but I remember being skipped, passed over, this, that, and the third. So when comedians complain about it, it homie, it's how it goes. Right. Like this is this is what it is. And the truth is, until you until you get your reputation or until you're consistently at a point where excuse me either you have a personal relationship with people or your professional ability gives you these privileges yeah like that's that's pretty much all it it comes down to either your personal relationship or your professional ability is what's going to open the doors for you but but the difference too is at at the open mic level at the level where you're frustrated by oh, this yeah. You're seeing just your comedy and how it's affecting you, where at the level you are now, you understand that bumping and moving isn't just about relationships. It's also about the show. Yep. Because, you know, like at a, at the pro-am, we'll insert a pro <laughs> mm-hmm. into the ams just to pick up the pace of the show to, right. to make sure that the audience is right. still entertained. Right. And, that and that's is- not something you're thinking about when you're at that level. Nope. But I can also say that fortunate for me, fortunate for me, you in our two hour conversation about the business of what you wanted from the Say It Loud show, everything that you told me was, here's what I deal with with comedians. Here's here's what I need as a business owner. Here is what as a business I need to make this business work from a getting people in seats from the people knowing in advance they have to get two items from uh, the crowd not leaving in the middle of the show because people don't like what, uh, what's going on uh, to think about the type of people you're booking because the type of people that you book is going to bring a certain type of de- 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 demographic. There were so many things that as a newer comedian at the time when I got the, a show before I even had my first show the little bit of stuff that I had gained from the the comedy Bible, knowing these people, stuff like that, I then had a a a so to speak a a mentor to give me what when I'm going to be talking to people about the business of doing a show, what they're going to look for, mm-hmm. and the irony is that every conversation every based on our first conversation every i am always prepared for everything that people are going to ask of me what they expect blah 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 which is why i've always been able to have so many different shows in so many different locations because and i knew what they wanted to hear right so it it, it if nothing else they were going to be willing to give me the opportunity because I was coming at it from what they needed, not what I wanted. Because mm-hmm. there is a business oh, yes. side to comedy. Yes, there is. Which also, like, uh, the man, even like, uh, uh, I remember, um, like, the talk with Mikey. Mikey was like, with the comics, he was like, you have to, if you're not going to pay them, then what, what, what are they getting out of the show? Mm-hmm. And once I... The, and he he was like, man, the fact that you're telling them that you're gonna it it's an audition to work at a club. He he said, bro, you're never gonna have a problem booking people. He said, because number one, comics are always looking for, for, for a stage time, and you're offering a stage time that actually comes with a real opportunity. He was like, so he he told me he he said you're never gonna have a problem booking comics, which. I'm directly off the phone with you where you're saying that I don't want to see the same people. I don't, I want to see variety. It can't be you. And Mikey is, so I got it from a club owner and now I'm talking to the most successful comedian in my air, in my circle Mm-hmm. Who would, would the funny thing about Mikey Winfield is that <laughs> you would never know how fucking successful he is <laughs> by how he carries him mm-hmm. him 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 himself. Mm-hmm. And as much as I've talked, and Mike Mikey's my guy, man. As many times as I've interacted with Mikey, the moment mm-hmm. I realized Mikey was a big deal was I saw him take a, a selfie of himself 
and he had a show on the strip in Vegas where he was on a Vegas like marquee. Yeah. And I was like, okay, he's like a really mind you, I've already known he he does the office and all these other things, but right. it it was that moment that I was like, okay, he's he's really a big deal. <laughs> then all the other success happened for him, but he from a comedian perspective was was connecting all of the dots that i just had with you as far as from a comics perspective what they need to get from it from how as if you want to show to work here are some ideas six years into it so i restarted back up in 2001 or, or, or in 2010 uh, met you 2011, 2012. Say Loud Comedy Show starts 2000, 2013 because that's when I quit drinking. And so in three years, I was able to acquire a lot of a lot of knowledge that most people acquire over the time I've done this. Mm-hmm. So every time I've talked to bookers, every time I've had I've talked to comics, I already have an understanding of what it's going to take to make this work and thanks to you and thanks to all the comedians that have successfully been on the say aloud comedy show and have gotten paid weekends here it's it so to speak sells itself because Mm -hmm. it's so crazy because and i i still see myself as the guy that showed up here early to try (laughs) to get you know to try to Mm -hmm. impress you to or excuse me to put my best foot forward right so when people come up to me and are like, man, I want to be on the show. I've heard so much about the show. It is. It's awkward. It's 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 awkward. It's humbling and it's rewarding all in one, because to me, that means that you saw the flyer or you've heard through word of mouth, which means that. Like. When I talked about how when I would do the mics and just certain comedians would show up and they would get up and and maybe I knew who they were and maybe they weren't like one thing is when I get up, I've never had to deal with people not knowing who I was. And in most cases, the fact that I was there, people were like, oh, I want to see, like, I want to see, okay, well, so you're him. Like, you're, and, 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 Your reputation funny. precedes you. Yeah. Like, and some people watch Blunts and Bullshit. And, and, and so it's always funny to me because people usually approach me from a positive perspective mm-hmm. because they see the work that I've put into it. And to me, I don't realize that, uh, yeah, like, I'm, I'm I'm that guy, <laughs> but it's weird because I put a lot of work to be that guy. Right. Well, and we had talked about the the networking opportunities it would afford you to be able to offer work. Yeah. So. Yeah. And and you want to know what? <laughs> Which is a blessing and a curse. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> Definitely. Sorry, I, sorry to put that curse on you. Oh, no, no, no. I've had some very rude conversations with people about why they should or shouldn't do the show or mm-hmm. why they felt my business savvy wasn't what they felt like it was. Like, I've, I've, had, I've had several. I've had those conversations. Yeah. And, and I haven't had them enough to take to heart that what I'm doing is the wrong way to do it. Right. Right. <laughs> like for just for let's just say shits and giggles, I'm putting at minimum four comics a year on a show. So I'm dealing with at least at a minimum of 48 different personalities in a given year. And maybe one less than five. Right. I'll give it that because I'll, I'll say maybe every three, four shows I deal with some shit where I'm like, eh. but I've done enough shows to know that when I'm booking this person, these are the things that I'm probably going to have to deal with because right. I, I follow your Facebook or little stuff like that. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll 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 take 43 out of 48 appreciating everything that I offered. And then there are five people that may have felt it didn't get them everything they were looking to get out right. of it. Fair enough. Right. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I can live with that. You're speaking my life right now. 
Yeah. <laughs> Times three. Cause but because <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, shit. Oh, <laughs> Lord. And, and that's where like a lot of comics, when they do my show, like some of them feel like once they do it one time, they're mm-hmm. they're supposed to automatically get on this, that and the third. One name that I always bring up. And it's so funny oh, because I can't wait to see if it's the same name. The, all right. Who? Go. All right. So it took him three times to get on, and he is a monster. Like, it took Mario Hodge three right. Say It Loud shows to get a weekend here. And anybody that knows anything about Mario Hodge knows he's a fucking monster. But, like, my thing is when, when I tell people, like, you got to understand that Jen deals with several U's a day, not just every so often like every moment of every single day jen is dealing with a with a headliner with a feature with an open micer with a first timer with a so every angle that you're coming at her with she has literally heard it all day long and until you find a way to stand out it's not gonna work and and the funny thing is the way to stand out is the it's a it's simple which is be genuine and give everything that would be needed to be contacted. Right. Be funny. You give contact information. Simple. Yeah, but to it's certain so people, not. no, it's not. It's really and not. the name that I was gonna say, um, he only did say it loud once, but he had been here before. It was Nate Jackson. Oh, Nate, he Nate, had to Nate come Jackson. through twice before I booked him. Yeah. Matter which, of fact, yeah. Shout after out to I Nate. saw the second time, I was like, it was so nice to see you. It was so nice <laughs> to meet you. He said. I've been here before. <laughs> you want to know what? Let me check myself. Uh, what Nate date did Jackson. you come? Yeah. And you, and here's and matter of fact, thank you. Shout out to Nate. Nate is another big fish that that, that I get because Nate is a big fish that, that I get to throw out there and say that because of this show he he works here. But and when I say by because of the show, what I mean is the opportunity and the idea that I had from the beginning of what the show could be. It's worked Mm -hmm. and there are and and like i tell the comedians that all you got to do is do what you do best so in my mind i need you to tell me what you do best if 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 you have a hot 10 and a n15 i'd much rather you do this hot 10 and i'm gonna give you 12 because i just need you to to take right first of all the extra two is so that you can relax it's it's for you mm-hmm. so you don't have to rush your 10 right and then on top of that um the thing is what gives you the the, the comedian and jen the opportunity to see you at your best i don't want and then me as a booker i i, I don't want to see you struggle because as a booker I need. I want my show to flow a certain way. I don't want any. I'm not booking he anybody. Gets text messages in real time when yeah. it doesn't. Yes, I do. <laughs> yes, I do. Something you comics will find out via this podcast is that when you're sucking, I'm getting text messages. I'm getting text messages about a light, about a really, about a really a, another. How are you guys doing tonight? Another. <laughs> we already know what he does because the first two people asked yeah. what. That dude does in the front row. Yep, I I, I get texts during the, the show. Real time. Yep. Real time. <laughs> some, I don't know if some you appreciate you, them. Yeah, no, but no. I, I I do. I'm entertained. Like them. yeah, I can. You want to know what I think is funny is what? when they get the early light because sometimes they know and they come back and they're like, man, it seems like I got the light early, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, just <laughs> you know, work on and. Even with that, right? Like, I book shows as a comedian because I am a comedian first. It's always funny when people people talk to me as if I'm a booker Mm -hmm. trying to be a comedian versus I'm a comedian that books a show. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, so it's as a comedian, I know that, for example, certain people shouldn't go before certain people, right? Because you can't follow that. And right. and that isn't a disrespect to you, just what either subject matter, energy, whatever. Which is important in a lineup, yes, which is, is something that you have to know. You can't just 
randomize a lineup and be yeah. like, okay, here, cool. throw darts at a wall. Yeah, the last thing you want is the the last thing as a booker, the last thing you want is the best person to go first. Right. Because the bar has literally been set so high that now the rest of the show, it's all it's literally been down here the drunk the more i'm supposed to be enjoying this Mm -hmm. i'm not Mm -hmm. now i got liquor in me my food is here and now no oh my god this guy's terrible this guy's terrible this guy's terrible man bring the other guy back right right and yeah and you get a different perspective when the lower energy person is first Mm -hmm. and you have more of a chance of the crowd liking you yeah because you don't i mean you don't go to church five minutes after you get out of a party not at all not at all not at all and it oh god and (laughs) as a booker see and and that's crazy because normally a lot of people they may not know this but uh, to me i i book based upon what i see Mm -hmm. because i i want to get a feel for what it is you do because if if I'm going to put you on the show, who else am I going to put on the show with you? Because I I don't want to say everybody. Well, we, we all have a different style. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that you always told me from the beginning is that you didn't want the same the, the same faces switched around. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, when you say same faces, we're talking same style which also is uh, which is goes with, with the uh, same face. So even if like I have too many men on the show or not enough women or you know I for lack of a better word like let's just say I have two gays on the show now all of a sudden is it a gay show like mm-hmm. so so there are so many different optics that go with a flyer mm-hmm. and go with booking a show that uh as a person who has received flyers and been like, okay, this looks like something I'll go to. I understand that even that has to lay out a certain way where it's presentable because if there's too much of this, like, um, Oh God, I had a conversation that literally went to the left with somebody that the bullshit was that everything that I was talking to them about was to avoid what, where the conversation went. Yeah. It, it 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 i had a i had a my my was my first i'm not sure if either jocelyn or kanisha was my first woman headliner okay they're gonna be my first woman head 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 aligner now me as a man i know that if you hand me a flyer with a woman as the headliner, the first thing that I'm going to think of if I'm not already familiar with this woman is that, okay, well, it's just going to be a bunch of fucking male, male, male back. This is a woman's thing. Mm-hmm. Like this is something that, you know, just as a guy, that's my outlook on if you give me something and yeah, there's other things on the flyer, but the headliner is a chick, female, woman. I'm still going to have the perception that, oh, well, this is going to be something for the women. Right. Now, having worked with uh, Kanisha and with Jocelyn, I know that, oh, no, no, no. They're that is funny. a misconception. Yeah, they are right. hilarious. Like, 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 no. And, and they're not, oh, she's funny for a girl. Mm-hmm. Because as much as people may not like to hear it, that is how men look at things. Who Jocelyn will be coming back in 2020 as a headliner. Hey, shout out to Jocelyn. <laughs> Love Jocelyn. But that's how some men look at things. Mm-hmm. Some men look at things from the perspective of, yeah, she's good for a girl. But mm-hmm. as far as the, as far as what my taste is, she doesn't right. do that. Right. Now, what I can say is that when it comes to comedy, there are some that have that ability and that there are some that don't. And it's based upon the things that you're talking about, like the things that you're talking about as a guy. I don't want to hear that shit. Mm -hmm. And or if I if I am going to hear it, I want to hear it when I'm ready for it. Right. So I was talking to a woman, well, a a woman that had a that has that had a uh, what I thought was a a. platform that was doing that that was kind of based on women's empowerment blah 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 and so i was talking to this person because i was like and my my question was all right so 
I don't want to necessarily promote the show as a woman's show. Right. But as a person who, if you were to give me this as a person that's not a woman, I would automatically assume that this is it. Now, on the flip, I do want that because I do want to promote women's empowerment, women coming together. Uh, this woman's not firm. Actually, this was about Jocelyn. This was about Jocelyn because when I booked Kanisha, I reached out to her sorority having had this experience. Right. <laughs> so um, the thing with Jocelyn was and my presentation was a she's a she's a she's a hilarious com- comedian and she's coming from Vegas. So what I wanted to do was kind of get in touch with all of the local women's groups, kind of show her that, you know, Sacramento women are united. And, you know, I wanted to basically have the women of I wanted to let all of the women's groups in Sacramento know that there was going to be a a woman comedian that was going to headline a show that was going to be a one night show who in my experience with doing comedy is hilarious who is somebody that you should definitely come out to see Mm -hmm. i want that but as a guy i'm also not trying to alienate men Mm -hmm. because even with her style she's not some like rah 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 i hate men like like that's not her comedy her comedy is funny right so but i'm trying to figure out what the balance is this is the conversation that i'm trying to present as far as like yeah so how would how does one go about that and this conversation turned into well first of all you you shouldn't just you you shouldn't you're you're not a woman so you shouldn't say how a woman should feel and i'm just like huh <laughs> like <laughs> It turned into what I was trying to do was somehow sexist and blah 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 blah. And I'm I'm literally like, how is this sexist when number one she's a woman and I'm asking the women groups to come support her? Right. Wherein what I'm trying to do is now what I'm asking you how to avoid it coming across as. Yeah. I'm sexist because I feel that the women's groups in Sacramento should know that there's a great woman comedian here you guys have never probably haven't heard of yet that you should check out because she's going to be here. Yeah. But I'm sexist. <laughs> and now in my mind, I'm like, the bullshit is that I'm actually entertaining the fact that, wait, am I? Am I? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, was it wrong for me to think that, well, hey, if she's a woman, I need to ask what? Like, it, yeah. it was literally a thing where I'm, I'm like my, my, my dad told me, if, if you give your, if you give your best and you didn't have bad intentions and there's nothing for you to worry about. And, I nothing about what I was doing did I see where I was creating a a because I I didn't want it to be a only women's turnout but I also wanted to highlight the fact that this was the first time I ever had a woman headline my mm-hmm. show which I feel is empowering to a certain extent um, irony is. As a man, I believe that some things that involve women's empowerment don't involve taking your clothes off. <laughs> <Don't you know? laughs> right, right. Well, no, because well, no, you watch TV and sometimes the only thing they call empowering is taking their clothes off. And, <laughs> and, 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 and just my thing was I felt that and even the conversation that I had when it started going to the left, I – I, I specifically said no if a I, I said dude if a guy were if I knew this dude was an MMA guy then I would go to gyms and I would ask people to go there I was like so if this dude was a I, I was like if this if, if he's a mechanic comic you think I'm not gonna talk or if he's a Christian comic then I'm gonna go to the church to get I was like so how is this any different and she was making it about how I was making it different because I was making it about women. 
And I was like, well, and that was what was messing me up was I was like, well, I guess I kind of am. But yeah. isn't that a good thing? <laughs> like, what? Like, what, how, how is this bad? Yeah. Why is it bad that I want you guys to support her? <laughs> yeah. No, it's and it shouldn't be. But, but I think sometimes a message gets I always say there's a lot of times where two people are arguing the same side of an argument, but they don't realize it because they're not paying attention. Right. You're so interested in saying what you're trying to say that you're not listening to the other person who's saying the same thing. Right. Like you're arguing the same side, yeah. but you don't even realize it. Like you have to listen more and argue less. Oh my God. So what would, <laughs> what would 2019 Michael Calvin Jr. tell 2000? Three, when did you start? Five. Michael. Woo! What, you, what, what, what advice would you give yourself? What you know now, because you didn't know then. Oh man! Everything, everything you know at this moment is going to prepare you. Well, you're prepared for what's next and your ability to be prepared for what's next is going to show you everything you don't know yet that would be what i would tell me because like in the beginning when like i got the book and i learned how to write a set i learned how to write a joke like now that i'm 14 years in i use that same breakdown which is boom 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 just now it's faster it's yeah. bah, 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 boom 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 trim and now i don't even have to write the whole joke out now i just have to look at this excuse me this diagram and i'm like all right bow 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 now i, I just need these three words and when i get uh, my set i just need this word this word this word this word so that it all lines up together and Wow. If I could talk to him, I would yeah, that that would be it. Because everything else it's okay, this honest podcast. I used to sell drugs before I was doing comedy. I used to sell drugs, I used to gangbang. I, I was a I was a very turned up individual. And one of the things that I had to let go of was the ability to make fast money. Now, on the flip I liked comedy because it was working at night and you're still, so to speak, your own boss. And I felt like being a comedian was still some pretty cool fly shit. Like I felt like at the end of the day, I was still cool. Like I I, I wasn't losing anything that was taken away from my personality. Right. So one of the biggest things that I had to let go of was like I remember in 2005, I was bullshitting doing comedy. 2010, when I was gonna have Ayana, and I was like, okay, I'm really gonna do this comedy thing. And then I was like, well, shit, if I'm gonna have a baby, I can't have her around this type of activity. I changed my number. I changed my phone number, and I I told myself that everything that calls me on this number is going to be a hundred percent based in the comedy world. There's never going to be a phone call that's calling me about something like that. Right. And that anybody just, if you've had a job or if you've had fast moment money, whatever, ever, 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 ever it is like, once you make a financial sacrifice to go along with your commitment to something else, mm -hmm. There is always going to be that back and forth of where your need for finances could change your ability to commit or question the things that you're committed to. Right. And there are usually two ways you can go about it, which is figure it out or you can do something else. And one of the things that I knew from hustling is that life is about numbers. And as long as you can get to a certain number, it really doesn't matter how you get there. You, you, you just have to get to the number, which what most people don't account for is how much it costs to be them. Right. Right. So one of the things I had to accept was when I stopped selling drugs was, all right, what do I have? What do I have put up right now? 
how much does it really cost to do the things I like doing? How much does it cost to pay bills? And where am I at with that? Right. So, and when, how much of it are you willing to give up? Yeah. And I can say that as dumb as this may sound, and, and I'm thankful for having women in my because most of the time I was, uh, most of the time if I wasn't living with my, my daughter's mom, I was in a relationship. So, fortunate for me, I've been able to have people that were supportive of the journey. And I've always kept it simple where out of 30 days in a month, I need to get at least 10 calls a month that number one, pay this phone bill Mm -hmm. and the other nine need to give me the ability to contribute to everything that I'm involved in. No matter when those 10 calls come in a month there, because as in it, like as a person if you come from the streets like one of the things that you know what i'm saying your phone is money and your phone should be ringing all day long oh, like, every, 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 say that again to the comics that have their phones turned oh off right now for no reason oh yeah no your phone should, should be your phone should be uh, oh man when i was wor- working in real uh, real estate the, our trainer was telling us how no you want your phone to ring like a lot a lot a lot a, like a drug dealer like your phone should be he said you shouldn't go an hour or so and and your your uh, phone's not going off like you should have calls on your phone at all times and so my mentality was everything that i had to do i need to to produce at least 10 calls one to pay the bill one to pay the phone bill so i can keep the calls coming and then the other nine had to produce other things to pay for now when you go from I'm buying new shoes and new right. Jordans and 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 I I don't even know how I lost that money because I was drunk last night and, <laughs> and 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 I and I'm a drinker so you know this is when so so losing money is not even a big deal but right. now I'm at a point to where like whoo nah we got we got to get forty dollars out of literally thin air now uh-huh. and we don't have a quote unquote product that we're looking at right there's nothing I can really hand people I'm just going around here just like hey hi hey hi let me do and yeah i've questioned myself in relationships i've i've i'm pretty sure i've put a strain on relationships because of that because don't a woman want a man that doesn't have any money mm-hmm. on one hand but they will if you're working towards it they're a lot more accepting of the flaw mm-hmm. right it's one thing if you're just lazy it's another thing if you're just not there yet right and that's what i've learned is that thank god for my drive is that in most cases i've always been looked at as just not there yet right but the things i'm doing are, are the things that a successful person should do right and yeah but that money thing, especially as as a man, like that money thing will fuck you up. <laughs> yeah. Hard to pursue a woman you you want when you're like, damn, only thing I can offer her is free guest list at the club. <laughs> and that my phone will always be on. Yeah, it'll always be on. <laughs> well, uh, we've only scratched the surface of Michael Calvin, but we are going to finish up today. Watch out for version two. We yes. talk about becoming a headliner. Oh! Getting a picture on a wall. Oh! We're going to go for tears in the next episode. Oh, yeah. You just might get them on the next one. (laughs) But you can also see them at the 40 for 40 in August next year. What? Oh, shit. 40th anniversary. Oh, thank you so much. Oh, shit. Yes. Thank you for coming out today. Oh, thank you so much. First (laughs) of all, are are you going to explain to the people what the 40 for 40 is? No, it's the 40th anniversary of Laughs Unlimited. So all you guys need to know, and you need to know that I'm a part of it. August next year. August of next year. 2020. Oh, my God. And that'll make seven years to say about you. That's so dope. See? All at once. Yeah. Oh, snap. 2020 is going to come a great year. Jen is gonna, Jen is really trying to make me, me uh, cry. Like you, 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 y'all heard the beginning of what my what my arc was, man. Like, and so to be part of the forty forty, I just want to say that I am humbled, I am thankful, I am grateful, and for the comics that are just like, why is he on it, fuckers? I worked my ass off. <laughs> <laughs> like, I have, I've, I've worked hard for I everything. Have I have never been concerned about people wondering why anybody in this business or anybody that I have chosen got what they got because Michael is proof that 
as a friend of mine, you have to work harder. Yes, I am. You have a higher standard to get to before I, because I don't, I don't want you to fail. Right. So I'm not going to move you to feature until I know you're ready. Right. Because I'm not going to have the conversation with you where mm, now you're going to host again because that's an oh. uncomfortable conversation. So God, yeah, I tell people it is not beneficial to be my friend. Yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's harder for you. Yeah, I've, I've, uh, yeah, man, I've, uh, yeah, I, yeah. It's just even you talking about like I remember just the excitement of yes, I'm gonna be a host, and then oh my god, a feature, like ugh. And I, I can say this, I, I headlined other places before you gave me my headline weekend here, but that stamp of approval set off a year of that was pretty much all I was doing. So I'm 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 grateful. And you guys will hear about that in part two. Ah, you see that? That's a hell of a that that is a cliffhanger right there. One. Two. Three. Ooh.